Hey, it's EVB. That's Eric Deshaun Baird for this day 13 of month 12, 2023. Our Wednesday meditation is gearing up in just a few moments. Good morning, afternoon, evening. How are you? You breathe? Yeah, fine. I am. I don't know about anybody else. Oh, well, I'm glad you all right. I'm still here. If you all, if you all right, the rest of them will get in line. <laughs> it is a good morning in the neighborhood. Uh, we can uh, begin our time together to first uh, have a moment of thanksgiving and excited and, and pray of all the things. Is anything on your mind, Mama Bell, you want to pray for? Oh, well, I'd like to pray for our country and uh, my family. All right. All right. Your family. Mm-hmm. Anything in particular on the country you want to pray for, or just the whole oh, thing? Oh yeah, well yeah, the um, that we can get together, you know, peace and so forth. Mhm, mhm. <coughs> All right. All right. Especially with the you, you know Ukraine. All right. The are you in the mood to tickle the ivory today? Well, being that I'm right here sitting down, I guess I will. All right. Well, then, since you're doing that, my dear granny, she'll she'll pray over all your requests because we want to make sure that you feel requestable. All right. And then you'll take it out after she finishes. How about that? That sounds great to me. All right. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We come this morning to tell you thank you. We thank you, Lord Jesus, because you are our shepherd. And, God, because you are our shepherd, we shall not want. Whatever we need, God, you have provided for us. Jesus, make us his life, make of us to lie down in green pastures. Oh, Jesus, lead us beside the still waters. Remember that he's always there for us. Jesus restores our soul. He, Jesus leads us in a path of righteousness for Jesus' name's sake. Yea, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we won't feel no evil because we know Jesus out there with us. We know that Jesus there is there to comfort us. Oh, Jesus prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Jesus anointed our head with oil. Our cup is running over. Oh, surely, 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 goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being our great shepherd. Thank you, God, for meeting every need in our lives. We just want to thank you this morning, God, because we can trust you. 
We know that you will never leave us nor forsake us. We know, God, that you heard us every cry. You see us, God, and you understand us. And we just want to say thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for all things. Always remember how much you love us. That your mercy, your mercy is there for us. And that you're going to take care of us in all situations. We just thank you. You know what's hurting our hearts this morning. You know our fears, our doubts, our unbelief. But, God, we want to tell you thank you for giving us the strength. Giving us the strength to just wait on you. Giving us the strength, God, to know that all things is working for our good. And we just want to praise you this morning. We praise you this morning, God, and we magnify your name. Because, Lord Jesus, we can't. And we stand this morning, thank you. Thank you. We love you, and we magnify your name. And, oh, God, help us to just rejoice, 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 rejoice in you, Lord, because we know that you care for us. And I give your name all the honor, all the praises, and all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. As we find ourselves in the Christmas spirit, uh, it's so good to see all of you here on a Wednesday morning. It is very 
exciting. Normally, we don't have this many folk on Wednesday. Somebody must have told y'all Santa Claus was coming to town. (laughs) Well, he didn't drop off your rope tussle. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 19. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 19. It reads, a feast is prepared for laughter. And wine makes life happy. And money is the answer for everything. As we find ourselves in the Christmas spirit, you probably say, what do they got to do with anything? Well, I want to talk to you for a little bit about Christmas and disprove some myths if I can. Um, Most of us have been sold a capitalistic lie. We've been sold a capitalistic lie, many of which has started from the dawn of time. We still as a culture, as a society, have not figured out this economic uh, policy yet a good one at least, Uh, money and how to effectively and properly distribute it has still wretched our culture in many negative ways. The Christmas season to some has been deemed as a very capitalistic very self-centered, very uh, money-driven time of the year. But the truth of the matter is, when you really peel back the onion and get to the allergic induced section of what Christmas is really all about, Christmas, even though it has been described and has been proclaimed by the church that is Catholic, as the celebration of Jesus' birth, which has many loopholes and many arguments to it because of one text and one text alone, while shepherds watch their flocks by night. Now open your door. Go ahead, open it. Open your door right now. Now if you was a shepherd, you going out there with some flocks tonight? It look cold out there, ain't it? So there's some contradiction to whether or not this was the time of the year that Jesus was born. It was selected. That being said, the American or the earthly or the worldly understanding of Christmas came from a gentleman by the name of old St. Nick who decided, and this is where I want to draw my point, who decided that the poor and the less fortunate 
at this time of the year deserve some merry and some cheer. And so he went throughout the streets of England in the, the dead of night, utilizing of his resources to provide various things to the poor in order that they may have a time of happiness, a time of, of abundance. He took them toys so that the kids could be happy. He took various other needs so that the people of the community could have the resources that they needed, at least at this point of the year, to, to enjoy their lives. That's where the, the earthly idea of Christmas came from. Now, the celebration of Jesus' birth is a beautiful thing, but again, that shepherd sitting outside in 20 below weather doesn't make sense to me. But then you can say, well, in some parts of the world, it's it's very warm right now. In Australia, it's summer. Yeah, okay, we can argue that on debate. I ain't got time. But let's get to the meat and potatoes of it. If you want to argue it, I can tell you some churches and Sunday school classes you can go to where they do nothing but argue. They got a better do. I got some better to do. Let me get to meat and potatoes. I, I was thinking, I, I watched this program. Actually, it wasn't a program. It was more of a a discussion. Some young people uh, was meeting. I, I want to say, I can't remember the denomination. I was trying to think of it, so we'll just move on. But the bishop of this denomination had a panel discussion on payment in church. And the people got up, and, of course, they argued against it. And young folks ought not want to get paid for everything. And everybody want to talk about coming to church and making some money. You ought to give to God and all this good stuff here, that, that. And the young man got up, and he said, I went to high school, and I graduated high school. And when it came time to go to college, the only thing I loved was music. So I went to college for music. I wanted to create these great pageants, especially around the holiday season, Easter and Christmas. I wanted to produce these great pageants, these black pageants. And so I went to school because they told me I had to get an education. Because the truth of the matter is, if I wanted to go work in a church or in any organization that wasn't black, they would not even give me the time of day if I didn't have an education. I understand that very well. There's some churches around here, I don't care how smart you are and how much they know you know. But if you don't have a piece of paper on the wall signed by some trustees to certify that you know what you already know, you know they ain't going to give you a second thought. So this young man began to explain that in order to fulfill the requirements of society, he had to get into $167,000 worth of debt. That's called college debt. College debt and other debt is two different debts. 
I don't have time to deal with that now, but let me just point to it. Your debt goes away in seven years. You cannot pay your credit card, and they'll just sit there for seven years, and eventually it'll go away. College debt does not move. I don't care how long you live. It does not move. It is the black stain that always remains. And so this young man is in $167,000 with a college debt, and he's faced up against his church members who tell him he should give his services to God. Well, where is he supposed to go get a job? Where is he supposed to work? The argument is that, well, you can go and find a job at Walmart and Target and KFC and Taco Bell. They prefer that you go down there to one of them big jobs like Wall Street and K Street somewhere, get you some jobs with some benefits so you can bring us the money back. Instead of us paying out the money to you, we rip everybody bringing it in here. And then we divvy it out the way we desire, mostly to the pastor. You know how that is. But then I said, well, maybe I shouldn't hate on the pastor because I went down shopping. And I began to figure it out. We want the pastor to have clothes on every Sunday. I went to the men's warehouse looking for some suits. Got down there and looked at the price of them suits, especially if you got to get them custom made. My grandmother, I went to a party the other day. My grandmother did a beautiful job on that suit. By hand, she did it. Now, imagine if I had to pay somebody to put that suit together. Imagine if she sent me a bill to put that suit together. That was 75 to $100 an hour to put a suit together. And that man needs at least five, especially in this month because he got five Sundays. So you think that's about $2,000 that man got to spend on suits. If he wears a robe. Some of us are starkly conservative and traditionalist, and I happen to be one of those people. I am a stark believer in the tradition and the reformational order, rabbinical order. You ever seen the price of them rolls? They bought three, $400 for the rolls, and he needs five of them. Or if he has one good one, maybe two, he needs some stoves to go with him. They bought $150 for them stoves. So you start adding up how much this man is paying just in wardrobe to effectively deal in the rabbinical order and tradition of our Reformation. These are the little minute details that are missed, has been missed. I never thought about it. As a matter of fact, I've been taught to hate it. And our culture today, as we become more uh, outgoing in our approach, more virtual in our reach, you look at how much it costs our churches just in Wi-Fi and Internet services. Some of these churches, Mama Bell, are paying anywhere north of five to six hundred dollars just to Verizon for the Wi Fi bill. 
for the streaming services to bring those opportunities of worship into your home. We have attacked our religious institutions, and I have in many cases uh, pointed out their flaws. I'm not uh, immune to them, but, but now I come to defend them. Because everybody went up but tithes and offerings. And I just point this out to you for consideration. As we're dealing in the Christmas season, as our churches and our organizations are trying to support the community in various ways, we're trying to make sure that everybody has an opportunity to celebrate effectively the birth of Christ. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, and all thy mind. That's what we come to do when we celebrate the birth of our Savior. We come to appreciate the love of our Savior. We come to appreciate his birth and appreciate the meaning behind his birth or behind his birth. But the second is as great as the first. Love your neighbor. Care for your neighbor. Make sure your neighbor has adequate abilities to live in this world comfortably. Make sure they can put food on their table and clothes on their back. Make sure they got a couple of dead presidents in their pocket too. That is the mission of our culture. Now, again, this is not a beat up to anybody because I'm not in your wallet. I'm not in your pocketbook. You may be one of the people who need a blessing this year. But this is a moment of reality for us to think about things a little bit differently. This Christmas, maybe just dropping somebody a $5 bill. I know they taught you in gift-giving school. Giving money is lazy. That, that means that you didn't pay, you didn't have any, you, you weren't interested. Sometimes all they need is a $5 bill. You ever notice people give you shirts? I, I went in the closet last night, but other night, Mama Bell. I found shirts 20 years old. I ain't never pulled a price tag off them. Woman, get, I think that woman been dead about 15 years ago, gave me the shirt. Still ain't never pulled a price tag off of it. Sometimes people could use a dollar before they can use a shirt. I was talking in my conclusion to a pastor last evening, Monday evening, and we were talking about the homeless here in the city, about how they are cracking down and they're speaking out against people giving to the homeless. All they do when we give to the homeless is they're going to take my money and they're going to go down and they're going to buy them some liquor. And the pastor got up. He said, you know, I told one of them, you get mad because the person takes your money to go and buy his medication that eases his pain. And that's a problem to you. But you'll give your money to a crooked preacher 
that buys pampers for his baby mama that he's hiding in the back of the church. And you tell me you're giving that to God. Now, which one of those sins is wrong? The man couldn't respond. I couldn't respond. But it's subjective how we have utilized this idea of gift-giving, this idea of money. One of the hardest problems in religion and politics today is money. One of the greatest moments of argument is money. One of the greatest problems in Christians or Christmas is money. This is the time of year where parents go into millions of dollars of debt to try to make people happy. Oh, there's a scheme. No, they're just trying to make people happy. Trying to put a smile on somebody's face and joy down in their heart. That's all it's about. So I ask you, if you please not get wrapped up in the war of money and the political war around the capitalizing of Christmas, but see it for what it is. Loving God and loving people. To all of our friends who are out there, we pray. We pray for the people who are in need, the people who are downtrodden and depressed and full of anxiety this year. We pray for the people who come within our path. May they receive our blessing. May they receive our love. We pray for the folks that connect to us, that whatever their desires may be this year, whatever may be the, the, the yearning of their heart, that they will find hope and peace this year. Mama Bell asked for that prayer earlier today when I made a mistake and hit the mute button. As our granny was praying for peace and goodwill to our friends in Ukraine, our friends in Palestine. We even pray for our people in Russia. The Bible told us to do that. Or Israel. Well, we can pray for Russia too. But our friends in Israel, I know that's unpopular in some circles to pray for them at this point in time. They're still humans. Politics aside, they're still humans. And most importantly, we pray that understanding of the real and true meaning, I think we know it, but may it shine bright this year that we celebrate the birth of a Savior who came into the world to bring peace and goodwill to all men. And all those agreeing with that prayer, respond with a howdy. Amen. Amen.
I'll see you Sunday morning. Amen. <laughs>